All right, everybody, welcome to Rick Six Season One, Episode 27. We are back here with some NBA talk today. I'm joined with some new faces as well as familiar faces. First, we got Preston Pope in the house as always. Go ahead and say what's up, man. Yo, what's up, guys? We got my boy Casey from Fort Worth. He also does his own podcast himself. Go ahead and introduce yourself and your podcast as well. Appreciate you for having me on, brother. Uh, you know, podcast, Redeem Team podcast. You can check us out on YouTube. Uh, that's the only platform we're on right now. So uh, we got seven good, worthy, watchable episodes with below quality audio and visuals. And they are all NBA right now, I believe, right? Just NBA? All, all NBA right now, except for one. There's one NFL Power Rankings one. Um, if you're a Bengals fan, a Philly fan, and a Giants fan, do not watch. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And then also we got my boy Sid in the house. He's on the cross country team at AM with me as well. And he's been wanting to do an NBA one for a while. So I'm glad we got to collaborate today. Sid, how you doing, bro? What is up? Glad to be here. Glad to be here. So basically the rundown today, guys, is it's going to be pretty simple. We obviously have the NBA season starting on Tuesday and then going into Christmas, which I'm really excited about. There's some great Christmas games coming up and I'm super excited. We already had our free agency video. So today we're going to be doing our 2020-2021 season standing predictions. This season, it's a 72-game season, so 10 games shorter than a normal season. Excited to see where all these teams finish. So who should we start with? Let's let's start with you, Sid. We'll start with you in the East, man. You can go ahead and go down with your uh, with your tweener teams, and then and then I guess, well, I guess you can save your tweener teams for last, but first go ahead and start with Who's making the playoffs? Where is everyone finishing NBA season? Let's get it. You're on the board. All righty, let's do this. Um, for the first seed, I got the Nets. I think the Nets, I don't think they're – because Kyrie and um, KD are coming off their injuries, I don't think they'll be will managing. I think they'll actually be doing the opposite. They'll try to be building up their um, their workload. So I got the Nets as the one seed. Two, and I got the Bucks. I think Giannis being there, of course, you always got to have them on the top two lock. Um, three, I got the Heat, and that could even go up potentially because the whole uh, James Harden situation. I have them three instead of four. I have the Celtics four because I think Kemba, Kemba should miss about 10 to 15 games. I think that's going to hurt him. I think they're going to be middle of the pack Celtics star for, for a little bit, and then they'll climb up once they have a fully healthy Kemba. Five, I got Philly. They're going to be better with a better coach and some more shooting, but I don't know. Embiid's, Embiid's fitness and health. I don't trust it, and they got a little bit worse on defense without Horford and uh, Richardson. Six, I got the Raptors. They're going to fall a little bit in my, in my standing because I think Ibaka is going to – losing Ibaka is going to hurt a lot, and they also lost Gasol. I mean, Baines is a good addition, but they're going to be missing some size. Seven, I got the Wizards. If you have two superstars like they do – I mean, they're, the rest of the roster might be a little bit suspect, but I think the two superstars will at least put them in the conversation. They should be close to Toronto, I think. And eight, the Pacers, because they didn't really get better. And then teams, teams below them and around them, I think they got a lot better. Play-in, so nine and ten. I think the Hawks will be in the play-in. I have them at nine. I think they got a lot better, but teams like the Wizards above them got better. And then, obviously, the, like the top six or seven teams got a lot better. So I don't think they have a true guy that's going to stand up necessarily next to Trey Young. I think Bogdanovich will be good, but I don't know. I, I, I have to see it. They were so far down last year that – it's going to take a lot for me to see them actually go up. And then, again, the Magic didn't really get better either, but I think I think they're better than the Hornets, who I have right below them. Those are my main teams. And then below them, I have, like, the Knicks, the Bulls, the Cavs, the Pistons. They'll all be, like, well out of it. 
but yeah, that's, that's my, that's my list. Very nice. Preston, go ahead. Kick us off with the East, man. Yeah. So I agree uh, with you as far as a lot of your, your standings said, um, I've got the next, the Nets at number one as well. Um, then I got the Bucks at two. Uh, I got the Celtics at three though, above the heat. I think that Jason Tatum is going to have a great year. I know the Celtics are still lacking as far as depth, but I feel like they're just going to have a good year. Um, Jalen Brown is going to play really well. And then by the time Kemba gets back, they'll be firing at full force. Um, then I got the Heat at number four. You know, the Heat, they're going to come back. They're going to have a good regular season. And then they're going to compete in the playoffs. I, However, I do think they're going to have a down year. I think teams are going to start to figure them out. And I think that, you know, teams are also going to take a different approach to this season since it's not a bubble season. So I think it's going to be a lot more competitive. Pretty much everybody will be healthy again, so that'll be great. The Raptors, they're going to have a down year. Um, I've got them at number five, although I could see the 76ers uh, sliding up in front of them. The Raptors, you know, they lost a lot with Gasol and Ibaka simply because of the veteran leadership um, and the basketball IQ between those guys. Uh, They're great leaders. Uh, Obviously, they still have Kyle Lowry, and they've got Pascal Siakam, who hopefully he can have uh, a better season than what he did last year, kind of did not live up to the expectations or have that leap that a lot of people wanted him to have. Um, So I expect Pascal to make a leap, but overall the Raptors to kind of drop off a little bit. Nick Nurse is going to be an amazing coach, though. They're going to be a great defensive team. Um, OG Ananubi uh, in there as well for them. Uh, Then six, I got the 76ers. I think they're going to be the same 76ers. Doc, no Doc, whoever, man. I I don't know with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. We don't know if those chemistry issues will be fixed. Um, We don't know the status of Ben Simmons as far as his health. So I've got them at six. Pacers at seven. Pacers are one of those teams where every year they're kind of in the playoffs, but they're missing a guy. They don't have a guy. They just have a lot of really solid players. A lot of people are saying DeMontis Sabonis could be that guy, but he's going to need to have a good, healthy season this year in order to kind of make that impact that people have been wanting to make and for him to become that guy. Oladipo has fallen off since his injury. Hopefully he can have a bounce back year. Um, and then overall, they just need to continue to build their roster, try and build through the draft, and eventually they got to try and make some more moves in the offseason. They just kind of stuck stuck around and, and stayed basically the same uh basically the same team this year. I didn't really see them do anything risky, didn't do anything crazy in the draft. Um, Then at number eight, I've got the Wizards. Yes, that's right. I have the Wizards making the playoffs over the Hawks. Simple, Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook. It doesn't matter, no defense. doesn't matter if pretty much who they play. Like like in the East right now, I think the only team that could um, beat them as far as making the playoffs would be the Hawks, but that's going to depend on – um, their defense as well, they obviously added some pieces to help there this offseason through the draft, and then they had a good free agency as well. I definitely could see them making the playoffs, but I don't have them in the playoffs right now until I actually see them play. Um, I know Russell Westbrook is going to go out get triple-double uh, numbers this year, and he's going to win a lot of games for them. Who's next? Casey, you want to hit the floor, bro? All right, y'all. So uh... – at the number one seed, I still have the Bucks. Um, I think what the strategy right now for everybody in the East is is to kind of let Giannis run rampant because he's not been proven to be extremely effective in the playoffs in regards to play. 
Um, and also, I think the addition of Drew Holiday was really important for them. I'm a big Drew Holiday fan. At number two, I have the Celtics. I think Jason Tatum's going to make a massive jump this year. You could see his improvement constantly through the playoffs. Obviously, he had some stinkers. And even in games where he had a half where he was thinking it up in the second half, he would go out and get his. Um, at number three, I have the Brooklyn Nets. Um, for the top three seeds, I think it's pretty interchangeable in, in regards to record. But I have the Nets the lowest because I think they have the highest probability of having chemistry problems. I've, I've, I'm pretty pro player, and I've never been on the train that Kyrie's been a locker room problem or a problem amongst other players. But I do think that Kyrie brings in an unnecessary negative attention in regards to how he handles things outside of basketball. And I think that that can frustrate other players within that organization. Uh, at four, I have Miami. I think this is where the drop-off starts in terms of record. Miami, to me, is not a high regular season win team. They're they're more of a uh, playoff win team, uh, kind of like how the Knicks were in, in those 2012 years when LeBron was in Miami. At uh, number five, I have the 76ers. Like Preston said, we don't know how Ben and Joel can still work. It's been proven to work, but it's also been proven a lot of times to not work as well as it should, and I'm not very high on Doc Rivers as a coach. Um and at number six, I have the Toronto Raptors. I think they have a pretty hefty drop-off because um, I think Serge and Marcus All were very big to them. I think that those are key parts of offense and defense that they'll miss out on. And especially with the way Toronto plays, they need a lot of guys who can stretch the floor. And, I mean, Aaron Baines is cool, but, like, Aaron Baines isn't Serge Ibaka by any means. Uh, at seven, I have Washington. Like we've all stated before, when you have two players as talented as Russell and Bradley Beal, you're bound to win especially when you're in a conference that isn't competitive towards the lower end like the East. Um, and at eight, I actually have the Hawks squeaking in. Uh, I don't have the Pacers making it over the Hawks. I think that the Hawks had a couple of my favorite pickups defensively. Chris Dunn, they added Bogey, they added Rondo. And I think Rondo is someone who will have a big influence on Trey just to see what he can add defensively because obviously Trey is physically incapable of playing defense. In my tweener teams, I have Washington, or uh, I have Indiana, I have Orlando, and I have Charlotte. Um, those are all teams that will be fighting for the plan. And then we obviously know that the Bulls, the Knicks, the Cavs, and the Pistons won't really be in the discussion. Yeah, so there's a lot of things that I agreed with a bunch of you guys. Uh, I think as far as our top eight, it's pretty similar. I do have a little bit difference than y'all as terms at the bottom half. Uh, but I think, Casey, you're right with the top three teams being interchangeable because we don't know. I mean, regular season, it's always different, and it's going to be different when the playoffs come around as well. Number one, I am actually going to, um, you know, I'm going to be a little cliche here, and I'm going to put the Nets at number one, and that's because they have, I think, arguably the best player in the world with Kevin Durant. It's LeBron James, and it's him right there as the best two players in the world. And if there was any concern about KD coming back, being healthy, throw that out the window. It's not, it's not even going to be a question. He looked great in the preseason. He's going to carry that team. And I think it's really going to be the, their main concern right now for me is health. If it could go straight down the toilet and that there goes the Nets chances of doing anything of possibly knocking off the Lakers in the finals. If that were to be the matchup that everyone wants to see. So with the Nets, I, I really like Karis LeVert and Spencer Didwitty. I think that's going to be key guys in that roster. And Jared Allen's also a solid player as well. So I think the Nets are going to be right there at that first seed. And because of KD and because of Kyrie, yeah, there's some chemistry issues that you can maybe think about, but I think they're on a mission and I'm going to have them as the first seed in the East. Moving on to number two, I'm actually going to disagree with y'all here. I don't think the Heat are going to fall off that much. I actually like the Heat roster this year. I think Bam out of bio, Jimmy Butler and that chemistry, I think this is the best team 
in the NBA right now when it comes to chemistry. If you look at what they did in the bubble at the end of this at the end of this past season, there was nobody playing better team basketball than the Miami Heat. So yeah, it might be a little bit recency bias to say that they're gonna be the second seed because they won the East technically this past year. But I really do think that they're gonna be playing absolutely phenomenal the whole season. And if they can they, they lost a couple key guys off the bench. I know they lost Derek Jones Jr. He was a lop threat. Wasn't too much living up to the potential that maybe they would have thought coming in. But, you know, he's another guy that they lost. They lost Jay Crowder, who was a great, valuable shooter off their bench as well. So they might have a little bit of issues in the regular season. But I still think with Jimmy Butler and how confident they are as a team and Eric Spolsha as a head coach, they've been here before. They've been in this position for many years. This past decade, they were always a top seed in the East. And I think they're they're going to be number two right behind the Nets. And number three, I can see them being the second seed as well, but I'm going to have them at three is the Boston Celtics, another team that likes to play super well together. I do like what they did in the draft, and I really do like Jason Tatum as a player. I think he has the potential to be a top five player this season, uh, really making that leap, super young. And like like Casey was saying, he comes on at the right moments in times in big games. So I like what the, the Celtics are doing. I think they upgraded on the bench. They're, they're going to be a better shooting team with Aaron and Smith. So I really do like what they did in, in the draft. Like I said, they got Brad Wanamaker out of there. Wasn't a big fan of him. So the Celtics are going to be right up there battling for the East. Three teams interchangeable. Fun fact, the Tristan Thompson signing is the first time they've had a big uh, in the past, like, I think it was nine or ten years that has averaged uh, ten boards in a season. <laughs> Yeah, no, they've, they've kind of struggled with that because Daniel Tice, is, he's been kind of an up-and-down guy, and then they, they lost uh, Ennis Cantor as well. So, mm-hmm. And then Taco Fall, I mean, they, they're trying to get something out of him, but he's, he's just big. You know, He's not a guy that's going to go out there and start for you and make an impact. You know, He's going to go out there, you know, play defense, get the easy buckets if he needs to. But yeah, no, you're totally right. Yeah, Tristan Thompson should help him out as well. Uh, number four, I'm actually going to have the Bucks. I know, Casey, you have them winning the East, which they could very well with Giannis running the table and the addition of Drew Holiday. Because Drew Holiday, I I agree with you. He's one of my favorite players in the NBA defensively as a guard. I just feel like he's gotten so much better as his career has gone on. So I could see the Bucs being in that top three seed no no matter what and and Giannis being a back-to-back MVP. They're going to be in the discussion. I just think overall, I think they kind of took a downward spiral in terms of the offseason additions. I I feel like they got worse. I, I don't feel like as a team overall and what they gave up for holiday I just think their depth just kind of got a little bit worse and so I don't know what I'm going to see from we know Giannis is going to ball out he's going to be an MVP candidate and we saw his loyalty he just signed that max last week so they're going to be okay they're definitely still going to be a playoff team one of the top seeds in the east I just think they're going to fall off a little bit in terms of what they did as a roster I feel like they got a little bit worse Number five, I agree with y'all. I think y'all were spot on on this. The 76ers, Preston said this is the same exact 76ers team. Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid have it. They have so much potential, but they haven't shown me anything special for me to think that they're going to win the East. I, I know last year I picked them to win the East because I really do think that they were going to make that jump. I was like, I wanted to believe that they could do it, that they could, that this year was going to be the year that they made the step. And it's just the same problems every time. A lot of people think it's, Joel Embiid's follow-up. People think it's Ben Simmons. I, I'm not the biggest fan of Ben Simmons because I've said it many times on this podcast, with his attributes, his size, his skill set, he should be easily a top five point guard in the league, but he's not. He's mostly he's close to around the seven to ten range. And that's because 
his ability to have, you know, his lack of jump shot. And so, and he's just, he's just inconsistent. And, and, you know, there's also a health problem with Joel Embiid. He, some consider him a walking time bomb. So I think as far in terms of the 76ers, Doc Rivers, I see them about a fifth seed at best fourth or fifth seed. And they're, they're just the same 76ers team. They do get some help on the shooting in getting Seth Curry. I think that really did help them. A lot of people have nitpicked the 76ers because their ability, their lack of ability to shoot. And so they got guys like Danny green. And then I think they, they got a really underrated gym with shake Milton there. I think he has the potential to be a most improved player type player. I think he's going to be a guy that takes that next step. They also got Tyrese Maxey in the draft. Who's another guy who could be underrated off their bench. And then also they got Dwight Howard who will help off the bench as well. So I think in terms of a roster, they have a lot of guys who could really step up. But as far as the chemistry issues and what I've seen in the past, I'm going to go ahead and keep them about a fifth seed. I think that's safe for them. So 76ers at fifth. Number six, I got the Raptors. I think they're going to fall off too. Nick Nurse, in my opinion, is still the best coach in the league. So I think he'll find a way to make it work with a great defensive team. Pascal Siakam, OG Ananubi is one of the most underrated players in the league, in my opinion. And he balled out in the playoffs last year. So yeah, losing Marcus Gasol. Losing Serge Ibaka, th- that hurts. Great guys on their team. It's going to help them with a big part of that championship run. That's going to hurt them. And so they're going to take a little bit step back. And there's also a little bit of rumors about Kyle Lowry possibly being traded this season. So we don't know what we're going to see for them. I think it's safe to have them at about a six seed and falling off, but they're still going to be a playoff team. They've been there before. They're going to be good to go. Number seven, I have the Atlanta Hawks. I'm actually really high on this team. I like the off-season additions that they made. I think Trey Young is making that next step this season. And I really do think with the roster that they have right now, I think they had one of the best off-seasons out of every team in the NBA. So it's kind of hard for me to say that they're not going to make the playoffs after what I've seen. And I'm a big fan of Clint Capella. Uh, that trade that they made this past off, uh, this past off, or midseason. And so I think that's really going to, help them in the long run. And then you got John Collins, who's playing for a contract year right now. So Hawks are going to make the playoffs. And then number eight, grabbing that last spot, I got the Washington Wizards with the addition of Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal. I think that backcourt's going to be nasty. And they might get a you know an NBA-ready guy in Denny Avdia. A lot of people don't think he's NBA-ready, but if he is NBA-ready, that could work out for them in the long run. And then Hachimura is another guy who's really stepped up for them. He was a great rookie last year. And so the Wizards have potential to be better, even about a six seed. If I think at best, if if they really step up and Russell Westbrook, like Preston said, is going to get triple doubles every single night. Bradley Bill's finally going to get some help. You don't have to worry about John Wall being in town and getting injured. Don't have to worry about that anymore. Not a big fan of their big man, you know, Thomas Bryant. I, yeah, I'm not a big fan of those guys. But uh, overall, I think the Wizards are going to make the playoffs. They're going to squeeze in and they're going to get that. And then for the plans. I got three teams for the plans right now. I got the Pistons, the Pacers, and the Magic. And I I agree with you, Casey. I think the Pacers fell off as a roster this season. Uh, Preston said it well. They're a team that they're all they always kind of they're kind of a sleeper in the East every year. They always seem like they sneak into like a really high seed, and you're like, oh my gosh, the Pacers come out of nowhere. I know Oladipo was hurt most of the season last year, and uh, and Sabonis is is a is an underrated guy, but they just been have a lot of inconsistent guys on that team. Miles Turner, I think a lot of people thought he was going to be better than he actually is. You know, uh, TJ Warren made that big step this past year in the bubble, kind of fell off towards the end. But, you know, I, I feel like they're upside. They're going to be like a top, you know, six to eight range seed. But I think 
the lack of the offseason additions that they made, I think they're going to fall off too. So I actually don't have them making the playoffs, but I do have them in the range with the Pistons. And I like the Pistons offseason as well. So I think, you know, with uh, Killian Hayes running the pick and roll with Blake Griffin, if they can stay healthy, I think that could be, a, you know, a great combo right there. And so I, I like the pay, I, I like the Pistons. I, I really do think they, they made some great offseason additions as well. They won't make the playoffs, but they'll be hovering in there. And they, 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 they can either be really good, really bad. So the Pistons are just boom or bust for me. So I have those three teams. And then the last, you know, the last teams, I think the the worst teams are going to be, unfortunately, the Hornets with LaMelo just doesn't have enough supporting cast around him, but he's going to be a great player. Let me tell you, LaMelo is going to be fine. And then Cavs, uh, Okoro is going to help them on the defensive side. You got the Knicks with Obi Toppin, but not going to be competing for anything. And then the Bulls, like I said, Patrick Williams don't like that pick at all. I I, I feel like they could have went, I sh- they should have went Danny Avdia there in the draft. But I mean, they look like they they might have they trust him being their guy. He did play well in the preseason, so Patrick Williams could prove us all wrong. But I don't know. I just wasn't a big fan of that that draft overall for the Bulls. So I'm going to have them towards the bottom as well. But that's my side on the East. You guys got anything else to add? Well, I, a lot with the tweener teams, especially well Indiana. It's not just a lack of offseason moves. It's that they have a new coach now. They fired Nate McMillan directly after the bubble, which I didn't agree with personally. Nope. But I think that that's a problem for Indiana. And you can't count on Victor. You really can't count on Miles Turner. Demonis Sabonis and Brogdon every other game is the only real consistent talent that they have. They're they're kind of like they're kind of like how uh, how Miami was to start the season last season is they just have a whole bunch of guys that tend to work well together. They don't have really one that, that, that sticks out. They may have a face, but they don't have someone that's going to take the realms. Um, so I, I think that Indiana not making the playoffs it is more than likely, but if they do make the playoffs, it wouldn't be something that is going to shock me just because they just seem to win sometimes. Yeah. No, I, it's always weird because – I, it's almost like you forget that they make the playoffs just because of how how much of a sleeper team Indiana is. I mean, they got swept in the in the bubble this past season by the Heat, but that was before I think everyone thought the Heat were going to be that great. I mean, you, you see the the Heat playing well in the first round. It's like, okay, well, they're playing the Pacers. The Pacers always get here and just kind of, you know, eh. You know, don't really do anything. So it wasn't really till the next series once they were, you know, whooping up on the Bucks. That's when everyone's like, okay, the Heat are for real. Like this is the team that that's that could possibly go to the finals, and they ended up doing it. But yeah, yeah, you're right. It wouldn't completely shock me if the Pacers do end up sneaking in. You got something to say, Sid? Yeah, you know, fun fact: um, Patrick Williams on the uh, on the Bulls. He didn't even start on the uh, on the Florida State Seminoles. He wasn't a starter on that team. Yeah, no, and he was. And then he was a top five draft pick. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, he, that's he, why I, I have no faith in the Bulls. That's why yeah, I think the Bulls just kind of I think right now they're under the impression that they know they're in a rebuild. So I think they have that that room to to swing and miss on draft picks, because if you swing on Patrick Williams and miss, it's kind of like a eh. but if he hits, it's a really, really big deal for them, especially because they have nobody defensively. Yeah. Um, and I, I do think that Philly, if Doc figures out how to input Tobias Harris in that system will be a lot better than everybody thinks they'll be because Tobias Harris often gets forget about forgot about in that system just because they have so many different names like Tobias Harris was averaging like 21 when he was with the Clippers yeah I thought like he was like people like last year were hyping up that their starting five was like Horford, Embiid, Simmons, Richardson and 
uh, what's his name? Uh, Tobias Harris. And I thought Harris and Richardson are a little bit overrated, especially mm-hmm. Harris, because I thought like, you know, he has the ability to shoot pretty well, but I don't know, like just wa- like I've watched a lot of uh, Celtics and 76ers games and no one on that team except for like JJ Redick and uh, Ilya Sova. And then I think court court Mott's a little bit could actually shoot the ball. Like yeah. he, like I, I think he's good in the mid range, but he can't exceed. He couldn't extend that out. So yeah. like I don't really have faith in him. And then I think losing Richardson hurts because Simmons can guard really well. Like on that end, but, he was yeah, first team all defense last exactly. year. Exactly, and I I think Seth Curry can guard anyone. I think Richardson would have helped a lot. Like if you're playing like like a like a Nets kind of team or like a Celtics kind of team where they have three guys that can that can that can go that can get twenty for you. Yeah, you, you need guys that can guard them on the perimeter, and you have Simmons. You have Harris, not really, but I mean, you know, I don't, I don't think, I don't think Curry can't be that guy. Green, Green's fallen off too, I think a little bit. Danny Green. Yeah, I, yeah, I thought losing Richardson was a big deal for them, and also a big deal for the Mavs. Obviously, we'll get into the Mavs later, but I, I think that losing Richardson for them just takes away or, or, or adds to the defensive pressure that's on Ben Simmons, and I don't think he has much time to worry about constantly clamping everybody else up because he's their, he's their, their general. He's the one who uh, he, he's the one who makes the offense go, and it's just when when Joel and and Ben are on the floor, they they need an immense amount of spacing, just because they're they're so ball dominant and their games don't they, their games are impossible. It's impossible to spread the floor with them. So Philly can either be just like Indiana, but with higher stakes. It's either going to be really good or a really low end playoff team. Preston, you got anything else to add? Uh, all of that's pretty spot on. I would say the one team I am very interested to see in the East, more interested than even the Nets probably is the Hawks this season. Because they could be one of those teams where, you know, if they click lock down on the defensive end um, and Trey Young is able to go off and lead this team, um, especially with the addition of Rondo kind of guiding them along the way, they yeah. could have a breakout year and end up being a top six seed. Yeah, and it's just – it's crazy the – the production from second year guys like Luca and Trey, like that's stuff we've never seen before, at least in our generation, like for Trey and Luca to be doing what they're doing or did what they did in their second year. It's important for the guy, for those guys, especially when they get, since they got Rondo, who's someone that really slows the game down. I think that's probably the only thing offensively Trey is lacking is a, a lot of times Trey gets in this habit where he is go, go, go. And I think Rondo will be able to teach him or guide him into the direction of, okay, well, things don't have to be, you don't have to get three, two, five, however many points in a minimal amount of seconds. Offense is something that works for the team. And I think also Trey, you got to remember Trey averaged almost 10 assists last year with nobody, basically. John Collins was out for half the season. Kevin Herter's not that great as a offensive guy he, he really didn't have weapons so he's able to find these guys and make offense work and I now think that that he has the potential to average prime John Wall number assists yeah and the thing is that those two guys remind me of uh now I'm not saying player like actual player wise but it's it's like Larry and Larry and Magic it, like they walked in I mean year one Magic won the finals I mean I think the NBA was a little bit weaker at that point I think there's a lot of really high-end superstar guys right now but then like Larry, like I remember while I was watching that uh, ESPN document documentary about it, it's like probably probably one of, my, one of my favorites ever, actually, out of all of them. And uh, Magic won Magic won it in year one, of course, Finals MVP. And then I think like his second year, Bird from then until like maybe the late '80s, like maybe early '90s, he was like top three in MVP voting every single year after that. And then 
I think the Celtics went from like a 20 win team to like a 60 win team in one year. But like those those guys in the first couple of years has really exploded. I think that's happening a lot more often. I think it shows how good these guys are, like all all the younger guys. Yeah. Yeah. I think Larry is either one of one or one of two basketball players of all time to win three straight MVPs. And that's just stuff we've never seen out of young cats, especially nowadays. And I think that the focus that they have coming out of high school and because Trey and Luca and all these young cats, they, they're playing ball since eight years old at a really competitive level. And I think that all that does is just prepare you to play at these way higher levels and then for the higher tier guys at least. And I think that that's the, the reason behind this heavy production is because they're playing, they're playing up in age at a young age. Well, we'll see if Giannis can, uh, you know, can do that Larry magic with the uh, winning the three MVPs in a row. We'll see this season. So it'll be interesting. And uh, one more thing on the Hawks. I think what's interesting, I'm kind of interested to see what they're going to do with Gallinari because Gallinari is a four. And that didn't I don't, sense to me, that signing. I thought that was confusing. Yeah. So, so that's what I'm confused about because I don't think he's going to start at the three. I think Gallinari is going to come off the bench for them. I think because you know you're going to have uh, John Collins at the four and then Clint Capella at the five, and Gallinari can't play the three. So, yeah, I think you got to take him off the bench on the four. Yeah. So, that, that's going to be good. I mean, Gallinari being a bench player for them, that could yeah. be really good. Yeah, I, I think well, – well, I'm a Thunder fan, so I was able to be able to – I was able to watch Danilo and everything that he can do, and he's so talented offensively. Like, a lot of people just don't know because Thunder games right now aren't – nationally televised games but Danilo is very smart very poised he can shoot um, he can handle the rock when he needs to he's a really good passer but they gave him um, I want to say it was like similar to the Marcus Morris deal like a 464 but I can't remember which to me didn't really make sense considering they have John Collins uh, and I know that this is John Collins contract year so maybe they're looking to use him as a trade asset to level up on defense maybe but I think John Collins is probably Trey's favorite teammate. He's the one who most of his assists go to anyway. He wants a max deal. I don't think it's worth a max deal. That's that's, yeah. that's my only thing. Yeah, I mean, John Collins to me is a – he's a fringe, borderline, possibly maybe all-star. Like he puts up really good numbers. But unlike Trey, who's putting up like 30 and 10, John Collins will put up 20 and 10, but his 20 and 10 really doesn't mean much to the team's success. And, and – the grand scheme of things in, in Hawks games. Like I have league pass. So I'm watching, I watch all these games and John Collins will have 25 and 12 and the score will be 117 to 115 other teams up. And you look at the stat sheet and it's like, John Collins isn't really doing much important. Like he has all these stats, but these, they, they don't really accumulate too much in terms of the success. Yeah. And last year it seemed like the Hawks were just too young too. like, you know, on top of the injuries too. And, and Trey young, it's just like you had you had young guys on that team, DeAndre Hunter, you know, all those other dudes. But it just seemed like they were they were too young to make any noise. And that, and that was kind of like you saw that with the Cavs, too, you know, with Kevin Porter Jr., uh, Darius Garland, you know, all the all those guys coming off the bench. It's like these guys just aren't ready to make that move yet just because they're so young. You know, yeah, I, I feel so bad for Isaac Okoro. I think he's a league built player. But the fact that the Cavs took another guard for like the fourth year in a row third year is like what are you doing like, are they why? are they going to start him at the four or at the three or is maybe he, they want to run a small ball lineup but at the three that's kevin porter's thing so they'll have darius no they're just they're just accumulating assets at this point yeah like so 
I mean, I think that's just kind of what's happened is they've drafted a bunch of guards just because, you know, they liked all of them. And I think they, they it gives them a chance to really compete and grow together. And, you know, they'll be able to choose their one or two guys. The nice thing about Okoro is he's a, he's a three and D guy. Uh-huh. So, um, so I think he actually is a, is a really good fit there. Um, he can play the three. He's, he's not going to play the four. He'll play the three. Yeah, no. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if he starts or not, but Hey, he's been hooping in the preseason. Yeah, absolutely. I just, I mean, I feel like in order to ha- be considered an asset though, I feel like you have to have some type of validity to you in regards to playing on the court. And if I was a GM and the Cavs were like, we'll give you Darius Garland, Colin Sexton, and a pick for one and someone who on my team who's pretty important to my team's success, I'm hanging up the phone every single time because they're just so bad defensively. Yeah, I, I wasn't a big fan of the Garland pick overall. I think Colin Sexton was good. Uh, but the, the main pick of last year, I, and I tell Preston this a lot of times, I, I think Kevin Porter Jr. is going to be a star in the main. I, think, I, th- I really do think his potential is great. <laughs> and I say that, but he just freaking got arrested a couple weeks ago too. So hopefully, hopefully I don't know what you know what the whole situation is with there, um, if he's going to be out or so talented offensively. Like, yeah, super talented. Out of everybody in that draft, I was like, that guy has the potential to do something that like not a lot of these cats can because Kevin Porter, he's not like a tall guard, but he's a wide guard. Like he's a wide body. He's not to the extent of like Lou Dort wide because he's built like a linebacker, but Kevin Porter's a wide body and he's got a bag of moves. Like he uses a different move every time down the court. And I, I think that he's really talented scoring and then free throw shooting is a true teller of shooting overall. And Kevin Porter uh, shoots, 80 from the free throw line or something like that and shot really well at USC. So I think that he really has an immense amount of potential, especially for a team like the Cavs who doesn't have an identity. Yeah. Going to be interesting. Got a lot of great young stars in the league right now with the draft class coming in as well. Let's go ahead and move on into the West. Preston, I'll let you start off on the West. Go ahead. Who you got? Yeah. So as far as the West goes, um, I've got the Nuggets at number one, just because, they're a great regular season team. Their depth just allows them to play really well, and their youth allows them to come out and compete every single night. So, yeah, I have them as the number one seed. I got Lakers at the number two seed. I, I don't see them as a number one seed simply because I don't think LeBron and AD, obviously they're going to they're gonna load manage a little bit. So I think the record drops a little bit there compared to the Nuggets. Then I got the Clippers at three. Clippers are going to have a bounce back season. Um, they tried to kind of, get rid of all the chemistry issues, so to say. So we'll see how that works out for them. We'll see how Tyron Lou does as far as coaching the Clippers. Uh, Mavs at number four. Luka Doncic is the truth. He's He could win the MVP this season. Like, he's I think, favorite to win. I don't even know. If, I, yeah, I don't even know if he's a dark horse. I think he is, like, outside of Giannis, he's that dude. He's actually could go out and win the MVP. Yeah. Like, if yeah. You lay down money on him, you'll get the least amount back because that's how favorite he is. Yeah. And the Suns, number five. I've got Chris Paul really helping this group uh, get to the next level, possibly be even an all star starter. Um, Jazz at number six. I really like the Jazz's roster. And we may disagree here because, you know, basically outside of the top four, or you could say even the top three in the West, it's, it's all up and down. I don't think there's a single bad team in the West. Like usually it's like the Timberwolves, but now they got D'Lo and Cat, and then we'll see how Anthony Edwards does. 
And then you got the Kings as well, who, you know, they got De'Aaron Fox, who's slowly starting to, you know, adapt to the NBA. Obviously, he had a, he had a big jump. And the Thunder, I think, are the one team that's probably towards the weaker end because they are just acquiring draft picks and, and dealing out a bunch of their assets right now. But back to the Jazz pick, um, I've got the Jazz at number six because I think Donovan Mitchell is going to have a good year. You saw the way they competed in those playoffs, man. And they have a good roster if they're healthy, man. They didn't even have a Bogdanovich there in the playoffs. So they get Bogdanovich back. Mike Conley, you know, I think he's going to have a, a good season this year. Obviously not not anything crazy, not like peak Mike Conley numbers, but Mike Conley's going to have a bounce back year. Last year, coming back from the injury, I think he had a tough time adapting to his new role. And you saw it kind of come back. Um, as he had, a, you know, a couple of really good games in the bubble. I think he's going to have a good season this year. Uh, they just – didn't they just pay Rudy Gobert? They just paid Rudy Gobert a ridiculous amount. Yeah, they, um, gave, him, they gave him like a – it was like a five-year 70 or something like that. Yeah, they'll be, they'll be a solid team defensively, not a great team. They'll be a decent team, def, uh, team defensively, and I think Donovan Mitchell is going to have a good season. Uh, number seven, I got the Warriors. Uh, I definitely have the Warriors making the playoffs this year. I think we just forget how good Steph Curry is, man. I just I just watched his first preseason game back. Just the way he dribbles, bro, is just like – he's just such a special player. So I think Steph is going to have a, a good year as long as he stays healthy. Um, Kel, they got Kelly Oubre, which is nice. And we'll see how Andrew Wiggins plays and a lot of these other young guys that they have in there. You know, sucks for Clay Thompson, obviously. We don't need to go all into that. Next one, the freaking New Orleans Pelicans. You know, they could they could be higher on this list, and they might be higher on the list for you guys. Everybody's hyping on the Pelicans hype train. You know, got freaking Zion, got freaking um, Brandon Ingram, bro. Brandon Ingram, man, he's, he's gotten better every single year. So, you know, first-time All-Star last year. You know, I see him making the All-Star game again this year. I think he's going to have a really good season. Obviously, they got – Everybody else, you know, they got J.J. Redick. Um, they got Lonzo. And so they're going to be a team that's going to be able to play really good defense, get out in transition. They've got two brick walls in Steven Adams and Zion now. They, they probably have the two strongest guys in the league now. Um, so expect them to dominate the boards, um, you know, get out in transition. They also drafted the fastest player in the draft, Kira Lewis, out of Alabama. So expect them to get out in transition with Lonzo and Kira and – make a playoff run uh blazers they're there every single year i i still could see them winning because damian lovett has that type of clutch potential but yeah that's it for my list what do you guys have casey all right so for my western rankings uh one i have the lakers um i think all they did this year in the offseason was get better and even in the preseason you see how how well developed these young guys are like taylor horton tucker has played out of his mind obviously Taylor Horton Tucker's not going to average 25 and seven in the regular season, but he can do what Alex Caruso does for you. And just a guy that comes in makes all the right plays. Doesn't make mistakes, does things that only improve offense and defense. Number two, I have Denver. Um, I think Denver is another one of those teams like Miami who just has so much chemistry and they, they play so well together. I think Jamal Murray will win most improved this year because last year, Jamal Murray only averaged like 18 and like five, which is not like wow numbers. But when you look at what he did in the bubble and you take into consideration that even though they're going to be traveling all these different places, there's no fans. I think that's big for a lot of these guys. Is It's like playing at open gym. 
I'm sure there's times where y'all have played at open gym and played with your friends and you play outstanding, but you like can do that on like a college court. Right. So I think Jamal Murray um, makes a big jump. And I think that keeps them at number two At three. I have the Mavericks. I have Luca this year winning the MVP. I think Luca is just Luca is something we've never seen before. He's like a better passing James Harden right now. I, I have him actually being better than James. I um, would rather have him. And especially they, if Kristaps stays healthy, I think, and I also think Josh Richardson was a big addition defensively uh, on the two. At four, I have the Clippers. Or, I mean, uh, at four, I actually have the Trailblazers. Um, I think the Trailblazers did a really good job this offseason. I think Rocco was an immensely great addition to their team. They need a 3 and D guy really badly. And they also brought a guy, a bunch of guys back that they did when they went to the Western Conference Finals a couple years ago, Enos and Rodney Hood. Um, and I think Carmelo helps that team, especially considered he's accepted his role as a bench guy. They're not going to start Carmelo. He's already said that. He said he's okay with his role. He said he's comfortable in Portland. And I think when you get a comfortable Carmelo, you get the best Carmelo. Uh, at number five, I have the Clippers. I think they take a big drop off because um, Doc Rivers made a really good point about this is like, What's Ty Lue going to do for Paul George when Ty Lue was the one agreeing with Doc to put Paul George in those spots? Because Paul George blamed Doc for his lack of production. He said Doc was using him like how Ray Allen is used. And I think if Ty Lue's the guy agreeing with Doc and second-handing those, those calls, he's just going to use Paul in a similar way, maybe a little bit more ball handling, maybe he's a little bit more on ball. But I, I, and a lot of the chemistry, the chemistry issues are a big deal. Initially, last year when the Clippers got built, it just to me looked like a bunch of random guys who it was a bunch of names, but nothing. There's nothing with no chemistry, and I think Montrez leaving them was a big deal, not for their play, but just their energy. At six, I have Utah. I agree with Preston. I really like Utah's roster. I think they would have ended up finishing off Denver in the playoffs if they had uh, Bojan. There's really not much to say with Utah. I do think they need a lot more shooters and a lot more efficient scores. Jordan Clarkson's cool. But Jordan Clarkson's a hole in your offense once he starts, because Jordan Clarkson gets this tunnel vision, and if he's shooting, he's not shooting. He's not. He's not doing anything else. At seven, I have Phoenix. I have Phoenix so low because I think the West is complete opposite of the East. It's so competitive in the West. These teams could make it, miss it, and these could be really good teams. And like Preston said, to double down, I I think Chris Paul helps this team. I actually have Devin Booker averaging about thirty this year. I think Devin Booker. Last year, he had like a top five shooting guard season of all time, taking all things considered, efficiency and what he was doing, playmaking, and he really stepped up on the defensive end. Um, and I also think it's this is going to be really good for DeAndre Ayton. I don't think losing Kelly Oubre hurt them as bad as a lot of people think it hurt them because they picked up Drake, Jay Crowder. But adding Jay Crowder and Chris Paul versus losing Kelly, I would say, is a win versus keeping Kelly and not getting those two. Um at the eighth seed, I have Houston. John Wall has looked tremendous in the preseason. It's I've been so happy to see John Wall play John Wall like John Wall again. Boogie has looked good. Obviously, we don't know what's going on with James. I don't think anybody but James knows what's going on. But I think Houston is just one of those teams that figures it out. And Steven Silas is a very, very, very good basketball mind. And I think if he can handle Luka and get that team to beat the Clippers twice in a playoff series, I think that he could will Houston to the playoffs. For the pl- uh, plans, I have Golden State, I have Memphis, and I have New Orleans. Unfortunately, I don't have my Thunder. We're not going to be too good this year. It is what it is. Shea will play really well. I love Shea, but 
we're just we have minimal amounts of pieces. Uh, Golden State, I, I think a lot of people I agree with Preston forget how good Steph Curry is, but I I think a lot of people forget how much help Steph Curry needs at the end of the day in order to stand out. Steph, though those teams don't win rings without Clay. You would take one piece away from those teams outside of that 70, or even with the 73 win team, you take one piece out, it's not even going to be close. Um, I think Draymond's going to fall. He's older. Obviously, what would, would happen to Clay? We obviously all wish Clay to get better, but that's a massive hit for them. And I don't think that Kelly Oubre and Andrew Wiggins are guys that people have to worry about um, offensively or defensively. Kelly Oubre can play some defense, but it's not like Kelly Oubre is a all-world defender. With Memphis, I think Jaw Ja Morant is on like a Derrick Rose type of incline. He's soon to be a very even a top four guard, arguably top five guard right now. He's so good and he looks so good in the preseason. And he's just on that incline where he's just consistently getting better. He's shooting the ball better. He's handling the ball better. He's adding muscle. He's getting to the cup more. He's passing better. He's just someone very impressive. Um, and then obviously with the Pelicans, it's kind of hard to discount them with JJ, Reddick, and Alonzo, and BI, who just won MIP, and obviously Zion. And I think Steve Van Gundy, um, or Jeff Van Gundy, which one is it? One I of think them. It's, it, it, I think it's Stan. Stan? Stan? Oh. He's a tremendous coach. He's a, a hard-nosed, blue-collar coach. Um, he was the one that got that Magic team to the finals. Uh, obviously, they didn't win. But he got that team to the finals, and that team was a good team, but not a, a, a loaded team. This Pelican team, Pelicans team has more talent on it than that uh, Orlando roster did, and I think Stan Van Gundy can do a lot with that roster. And the bottom seeds, obviously, I think we're all in agreement. It's going to be it, – it'll probably be Sacramento, probably be San Antonio, obviously the Thunder. Golden State, to me, just doesn't have a lot of – impressive pieces that will will them even and even if they do make the playoffs they're not going to upset anybody Steph is wonderful Steph's top two guard in the league but Steph can't do it by himself he's just one of those guys who just can't so that's where I stand on that one okay so I'll go ahead and go and then I'll let you go last Sid uh so for me I have at one I have the Lakers at one obviously uh I think like uh Casey said all they did this offseason was just get better. They got Dennis Schroeder, they got Marcus Saw, and so and then obviously they have the two best duos in the game right now with LeBron and AD. So we know they're going to be up there right now. Uh, you were right; they have some great role players with Hort. I think Horton Tucker is a gem that I think they found, and he's going to be a guy that's stand up. And then you have Kyle Kuzma playing like he's about to get traded. So you know there's a lot of pressure on him right now. Uh, he just signed a three-year, forty-million-dollar extension today. <laughs> today, really? Wow. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think I think LeBron was in the front office telling them to give him that contract that makes him look better for a trade value. Yeah. Well, shoot. Hopefully, he doesn't. Now that he got paid, he doesn't get a big head and start playing bad again. So we'll see what happens there. But yeah, no, the Lakers. We know they're going to be up there. They're look. They're going to be the team that's everyone's looking at with LeBron and AD, obviously. So I, I definitely got them winning the West. I I do agree with you, Preston. I think maybe the load management a little bit, but I I just think that they're so good and they're so good overall. And I think that they won't let anybody pass them up. And if anybody does, I do agree that the nuggets will do it because I have the nuggets at number two. This team is just scary to think about because you have Jamal Murray who really improved his game and stepped up in the bubble played outstanding. You got Nikola Jokic, who in my opinion is the best center in the league over Joel Embiid. And then 
you have other guys that that could really you know be a difference maker in the future. We don't know how great Bo Bo is going to be. I mean, he he just has so much potential. Just the way he moves the ball at his size, I'm really interested to see what they do with him. And then uh, I think the the biggest steal for them was getting R.J. Barrett in the in the draft. R.J. Hampton, excuse me, my bad. Yeah, so I really think he's going to help them off the bench. And you just got a lot of guys that can really play. You got Michael Porter Jr. too, who's really stepped up his game. He was super uh, great for them in the bubble as well. So the Nuggets just have a lot of pieces right now. And it always seemed like, up until last year, it always seemed like, okay, they had they had Jokic, but they didn't have that other guy that was really going to step up. And then Jamal Murray just instantly turned his game around. And then, and then that's when I really kind of looked at him and said, okay, this team is for real. And like Casey was saying, Jam- Jamal Murray is probably one of the favorites to win most improved player. You know, you look at the statistics, statistics what he had last season, and the, probably the impact he's probably going to make now, he's definitely going to be up there. So I got the Nuggets at two. Number three, I'm going to go ahead and keep the Clippers at three. I could see them falling off, but with Kawhi and Paul George, I think he's going to play good in the regular season. He just got paid, so hopefully you know, he he shows out because I know he's got a lot of haters on him right now. Losing Montrez was a big thing for them, but they do get Serge Ibaka, and I think those two guys' skill sets are very similar. Maybe not on the defensive side, but overall playmaking and everything else, if you just line them up, you know, Serge Ibaka or Montrez Harrell, and in terms of skill set, I think it was about an even addition for them to lose Harrell, but also get uh, Serge Ibaka in advance. So I think the Clippers are just going to be okay. Kawhi Leonard winning mentality. I don't know about Ty Lue as a head coach, but we'll see how it works out for them. They're going to be a top team in the West for sure. Number four, I do have the Mavericks. The The upside for them is absolutely insane with Luka Doncic being favorite as the MVP at 21 years old. There's really not m- much to say about Luka. I mean, he's phenomenal. This dude is schooling people at 21 years old, 30-point triple-double. He single-handedly almost beat the Clippers in the playoffs by himself. And you could argue if they would have had KP that whole series, they would have won because I, I feel like they were the better team. They, the way that they were playing, I feel like they were the better team. They lost ultimately in six games, but just the change of how game one went and then how game three ended, you could just tell that it was a big part of not having KP in some, in some cases. And, and KP didn't even play in the biggest game of it all, which was game six. You know, they ended up ruling him out. At first they were saying it was knee soreness and then it ended up being, well, he had to get surgery on his MCL. Like that's two different things. So obviously we, we thought at first that KP was just, you know, like, why is, why is he not playing? This is the playoffs. I mean, you know, knee soreness, come on, you got to get out there. But it also, it obviously ended up being a, uh, you know, a tremendous injury. And what I'm really excited about is, you know, with KP's health, health, a lot of people, I've, I've been seeing all week that a lot of people have the Mavs around the seventh seed again, about the same what they were. I just don't see that because I really do think with the the rehab and the progression he's making, he's probably going to be back on the court a lot sooner than a lot people think. He could be back as early as later uh, January. So I could see him, you know, he's running now, he's shooting, he's getting reps in during the preseason games. You can see him, he's looking fresh. So I'd imagine that KP is going to be, uh, he's only going to miss maybe a month at most if he if he comes back fully healthy. Uh, and then Josh Richardson, I think that's the the biggest addition that they got this offseason. You look at the trade with Seth Curry, and a lot of people like Seth Curry. I think he was great in Dallas. I love Seth Curry, and he was a great shooter. But the thing about with the Mavs, if you really break down what the Mavs problems last year, they had the best offense in the league statistically last year. 
but they could not finish games on the defensive side. They had one of the worst defenses in the league. They would choke so many games in the uh, fourth quarter, and that was not Rick Carlisle's fault, by the way, but they would choke so many games in the fourth quarter, and that's because their lack of on the defensive side, they had too many defensive liabilities. As great as Seth Curry is on the shooting end, he's a defensive liability. They got a guy in Richardson who's automatically better him defensively. And with Luca, you could argue that he's going to take his game to the next level. I think we've seen so far in those few, uh, those three preseason games that Richardson has a potential to make, you know, a big impact for this team, because not only is he going to be great on the defensive side, he, he's really improving on his shooting as well. And Luca is just going to make him better overall as a player. So he's probably most likely going to start at our two for us. And I'm really excited to see you got uh, other guys, uh, Tyrell Terry. I don't know about him yet. Uh, he's kind of in a shooting slump right now, but he was a guy that we drafted. Uh, we also drafted Tyler Bay, who's a guy from Colorado point guard that they said he could up on the defense side. He might not play that much. Uh, but the biggest thing was Josh green. And a lot of people weren't the biggest fan of that addition simply because there were better players available at the time. But like I said, if you really look at what the Mavericks need, they need defense. They have so many guys on that team that can shoot. Everybody, they have about four or five guys on the team that can shoot. We don't need any more shooters. We need people that can help us defensively and close out late games. And if they do that, they're going to be a top three, top four seed in the West with Luka possibly winning MVP. So I love the Mavericks, love the direction that they're going in. They just got to stay healthy and get KP back. They're going to be great to go. Number five, I ha- I do have the Warriors, and it's because of Steph Curry. And I really do think with their draft with Wiseman and – uh, Nico Mannion, a guy who I think can really step up for them. Uh, and Seth Curry's been, or Steph Curry's been talking a lot of praise about him too. So it's really just going to be a, about how these other guys play. You know, Andrew Wiggins, Kelly Oubre, uh, Draymond Green. He, he's he's missing the whole uh, the game opener versus the Nets on, on on Tuesday, and so I don't I don't know uh, what his status is. I don't know how long he's going to be out, but. They got to keep guys healthy. Losing Clay Thompson ruined all their chances of being a top team in the West, I think. But I think they're going to be around the fifth to seventh seed range. And I just think because Steph Curry is really going to will his team. And I really do think people forgot about how great Steph Curry is. He got hurt last year. I get it. But Casey, you might you might disagree with me on this, but I I, I think it's super disrespectful for people to compare Dame and Steph. I don't think there's any comparison there. I personally think... Steph Curry is the best point guard in the league, and it's not even a debate. And it's just for what he him doing his unanimous MVP season. I and you can argue that yes, he had the, he he does great with the pieces around him with Clay Thompson. He even had Kevin Durant at at some point in his career. But I don't know in terms of like shooting clutchness. I mean, it, Steph Curry can do pretty much anything Dame can. I think in terms of shooting on and so. I don't know. I really don't. I really do think people forgot about how good Steph Curry is. And I really don't think it's a debate for who's better over him and Dame. I personally think Steph Curry is the best. Well, I mean, I, I think Dame's better. Dame's been proven to win with not a lot. And I think if you swap Damian and Steph, I think it's a better result because Dame is just the passer that Steph is. Um, Steph, obviously, cool, does the behind the back stuff, but a behind-the-back assist versus a bounce pass is still an assist. So the flashy stuff doesn't always make you a better passer. So I, I think Damian has it on the passing aspect. Obviously, there's no comparison in the shooting aspect. Steph's the greatest shooter we've ever seen. It's not even close. But I, I think what 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 Damian has that Steph doesn't is Damian has that ability to 
I don't I don't want to say that Steph doesn't uplift his players because he absolutely does. I just think Dame does it to an extent to where no one no one else aside from like a couple guys like LeBron do. There's no way that the Blazers should have been in the playoffs last year. Let's just be honest. There's there was no possible way. The what Dame was able to do to get them there is something we've never really seen before outside of the 0176ers who obviously got to the finals. I just think Portland was all hurt last year. That's why they were the eight seed. But it, it's a one A, one B thing for me at this point. Especially but if we're considering primes though, I don't think that there's any point guard that has in history, aside from maybe Magic Johnson, who has an argument as to a, has a better season than that unanimous MVP season that Steph has. Because that season, watching that game, it was just like watching Steph, it just felt like he never missed, like from anywhere. Yeah. Free throw line, mid-range, in the, at the cup, from three, from deep. But right now, I, I think people are not paying attention to the Blazers. Just uh, well, I mean, no one really ever pays attention to the Blazers. But I think... Dame has a strong case to be MVP, especially especially if the Blazers end up being really, really good. No, it, it is a good debate, though. I mean, I, I know, you know, because that's really like the topic right now is like, who's the better point guard? Because, you know, with what, with what Dame did uh, in the bubble, you know, a lot of people really was they were all over him and they were they, they were starting to say he was the best point guard in the league. So I think it's a great debate. Uh, I have the Warriors. I have the Warriors at five. Number six, I have the Utah Jazz with Spida being in there and Rudy Gobert and Mike Conley being back fully healthy, that will really help them. I think they would have put away the Nuggets too. I agree with you, Preston, if they did have uh, Bogey. And then uh, Mike Conley, was, uh, you know, he came back later in that series as well. Uh, I agree with what you said about Jordan Clarkson. He's kind of hit or miss with them. They, they need another shooter on their team. You're right. But I think in terms of the regular season, they're going to be a good team. And Spider just got paid. Rudy Gobert just got paid. So they're, they're obviously going to be a sleeper team in the West. I don't think every, anybody is going to look at the jazz and think, Oh, they're, the, they're one of the favorites, you know, like they're not going to look at that team. You know, when you look at the favorites, you think of the Lakers, the nuggets, the Clippers, and then dark and then the Mavs or, and then you see dark horses. So I see the jazz as like a dark horse team in the West and they'll be around the fifth or sixth seed. I have them at number six, number seven, I think the Trailblazers are going to actually end up still making the playoffs this year and more convincingly that they did last season. Uh, I don't think Hassan Whiteside was a great, he played well for them, but I don't think he was a great fit for them and having Nurkic back a whole season and the addition of Rocco will really help them overall. I mean, we can't forget that what they did two years ago, they made the Western conference finals. If it wasn't them running into the warriors, I mean, they would have went to the NBA finals and played the Raptors. So and and you know they're really disappointed after the year that they had this past seat. You know they go to the the Western Conference Finals, and then the next year they barely even make the playoffs. Go up one game on the Lakers, and then completely blow it after that. So I imagine I think that the Trailblazers are you know with the offseason additions that they made, having Nurkic back, Damian Lillard playing out of his mind, and then CJ McCollum, who a guy who I think doesn't get enough credit as a shooting guard. I think they're going to really come together and they're going to be a playoff team. They're always a playoff team when they're on. And so I got the trailblazers making it at number seven, number eight. I got the sun squeaking into the last spot. They, they have a higher ceiling. I mean, I know Preston's a lot higher on them than maybe me, but I still think, you know, with Devin Booker, Chris Paul, they're going to be a playoff team. I don't know what to expect from Jalen Smith, uh, their first round draft pick. So we'll see what happens there. And having Jay Crowder is a big addition in the shooting. So it's, it's great for D book having, uh, you know, Chris Paul to mentor you and Chris Paul just works well 
uh, with anybody he's on the court with. So the Suns are really going to take that next step. I have them making the playoffs. We can't forget how great they played in the bubble. They went eight and zero, and they didn't even squeak in there. So I really do think they they should have made it over the over the Trailblazers. If I'm being honest, uh, getting that last spot. Unfortunately, we we didn't get to see a, a great series against the eight and zero Suns going up against the Lakers. That would have been interesting. But yeah, I do have the Suns making the playoffs. I could see their ceiling being a lot higher than the eighth seed, but I'm going to go ahead and stick with the safe pick and keep them at about the eighth seed. I mean, you got to think about they're in one of the biggest playoff droughts in NBA history. They haven't made the playoffs since like 2010 when they had Steve Nash. So we got to take some things and how great, how stacked the West is. We got to take some things into consideration. I'm going to play it safe and keep them in the eighth. And then for the play-in teams, I got the Rockets, the Pelicans, and the Grizzlies. I think those three teams will be battling for those spots right there. Uh, the Rockets, boomer bust for me. Don't know what to expect from Harden. Christian Wood is a great addition for them, but they're just not a team that I see making the playoffs this year with with how great the West is. And you know, James Harden is going to carry them if he's playing, but there's just so there's so much going on with the Rockets. I I just don't trust them right now. So it'd be disrespectful for me to not put them in a play-in team with how great James Harden is. And if he does play shoot, they, I mean, last year, I, I didn't even think they were going to be that great at all. I mean, or, or I'm sorry, the year before, before they got Russell Westbrook, I didn't think they were going to be that great. And they go in there and, and, and they're still a great team with James Harden. So I can't, I can't sleep on them as much as I hate them being a mass fan. I can't sleep on them. And so they're going to be a playing team with the Pelicans. Kira Lewis that was a good draft pick for them. I don't, I really do think that they, they should have got somebody else. I mean, and for that pick, I, you know, he's super flashy. He's going to be running the court with Zion there, but as a roster, you know, losing drew holiday, I think is super big with them. Zion's going to step up. He's going to play well. You got Lonzo ball improving his jump shot, improving his game. But overall, as a roster, you know, they disappointed last year. Uh, having Z- Zion did come on later in the season. He, he didn't play that many games. Having them a whole year will be crucial for them. They'll be up there, but I really don't. I think they're going to disappoint again overall as a roster. And I don't see I just don't see them making the playoffs. They'll be in a play-in team, and we'll see if they can get in. But I just, I just think the West is just too stacked. The Grizzlies with John Morant, like Casey said, He's making his case as one of the best guards in the league, playing outstanding. Just doesn't have enough pieces around him, enough consistent pieces around him to be up there as a competing team. You know, the Grizzlies were really on. They they were hovering around the seventh, eighth seed uh, at the end of the year because John Morant was playing so good. But then they kind of fell off once the bubble started. So I could see that happening again. I just I just don't see the Grizzlies making it. And then the last, uh, you know, obviously the worst teams. You got the Kings. Uh, the Thunder in complete rebuild mode with all those picks and, and assets that they, you know, what they're going to do with that. They lost Steven Adams there. Shea Gilgis is a guy who I think could be a most improved player. He's going to be carrying that team. They lost Chris Paul. So the Thunder in rebuild mode, I think it's safe to say they'll probably be, you know, unfortunately the worst team in the West up there with the Kings and the Spurs. San Antonio just unfortunately lost everybody. Uh, we'll see what they do with Devin Vassell. And then Timberwolves, it, I mean, it's all going to be how, how Anthony Edwards plays. If he's committed to playing the game, you know, and you got D'Lo and Cat, they're going to be a good team, and, and they could be competing up there with the playing spot. But I just think that the West right overall is just too stacked, and I don't see the Timberwolves making it. Those are my top uh, eight teams, and then the play-ins, I got the Rockets, the Pelicans, and the Grizzlies. The West is stacked, man. You know, shoot, these takes at the end of the season could just completely take a turn, like – Casey doesn't even have the Warriors making the playoffs, which is interesting. And then Preston has them in, and I don't even have them in. So, Sid, I'm interested to see, man. Who do you got? All righty. 
Let's see. So, I like, first seed, I got the Lakers. I mean, I think LeBron. I I think LeBron's gonna load manage, but I don't think Anthony Davis will. I think he, I think they might try to build him up, and I think because he might load manage, I think they really upgraded the bench. Like they got who I thought should have been the sixth man of the year, and Dennis Schroeder. I thought he should have been in over uh, Harrell, but then Harrell actually was the sixth man of the year, and they actually got him too. I think losing uh, oh, what's his name, Dwight Howard and Javale McGee won't hurt that much because they're still pretty big. Otherwise. Like, they're still very tall and lengthy. But I think their bench got a lot better. So I think even if they load manage LeBron, they have plenty of scoring. Playmaking might be an issue because they lost Rondo. But I think they, I think they'll be all right. Two, I got the Nuggets. Jokic is the best big man of the league. And their play in the bubble, I don't think it was a fluke like you guys were saying. I think, I think Porter has to be more consistent for them to really – be a threat like a like to the Lakers, I, I think, because he has the potential to be that third star. But I don't know. He's had some good games, but then he's also had some games where I've, you know, I'm not really been convinced. Three, I got, I got the Clippers. I think they could be much. I think they could be the fifth seed potentially. I think they could fall. Paul George. I, th- I think losing Harrell hurts in the sense that like he's a good player, but chemistry wise, yeah, I could see how that helps. But I think Paul George is the issue. I think. As much as you know, he was he was really good when he was uh when he was ten top three for defensive player of the year and MVP, but I think it's a simple case of he thinks he's better than he is and he's just not proven it this past year. I mean, we've had plenty of cases where someone's had a bad year and come back and played well, so I don't think it's out of the question. I don't know. It really rubs me the wrong way when your coaches are when when you when you and maybe quiet too kick the coach out like yeah sure Doc Rivers as much as I love myself Celtics fan he might have underachieved in years like with the Lob City team and he didn't get him to the next round but the fact that like you get rid of him and then like when he's already out like uh, however many weeks later you're saying oh yeah he didn't use me the right way Rivers had every right to clap back and I think that just shows like immaturity it shows cockiness that I don't think I don't think is going to change I think he's going to be the same Paul George we saw last year because that's not the fact that he won't own up to it, that really, that really rubs me the wrong way. If I was a Clippers fan, at least, I don't think that team's going to do that well. And, and I, I think they'll do fine in the regular season because I, I still have them at three. I think they're still going to be a tier above, above the Mavs, Suns, et cetera. But I think, I don't think this, I don't think if, if he's going to be like this, this mentality, I don't think there's any chance against the Lakers. I think Kawhi has a good mentality of, you know, hey, we have to, we have to rebound, we have a chip on our shoulder. But George is too cocky, I think. Anyways, it's a little little rant, but uh, four. I have the Mavs. I think y'all are right. I think I think Luca's gonna be MVP. If Porzingis comes back, even like half of what he was at his at his best, that's gonna be huge. I think he'll be good. They might they might have to ease him in, but and then Richardson's gonna help their defense a lot. If they have, if I think if they even have like a league average defense or maybe pushing top ten, they'll be really good because they can afford to lose a couple shooters, like Eric said. Five. I got the Suns. I think. Taking pressure off Devin Booker is going to go a long way. He won't have to do everything himself. Chris Paul can score fifteen to twenty a game. He'll give you he'll give you double digit assists potentially. I think the biggest thing is the pick and roll of him and Aiden. I think Aiden could would be like a twenty three and like eleven or twelve guy this year. I don't know. I don't know if that's all star level necessarily. It could be, but depends on all the other big men and how they do voting and stuff. Because I guess the true center is kind of going away. Like how Giannis is almost considered a center in the starting lineup of like the Eastern Conference, for example. Six. Yeah, I like a, lot the of, a lot of people. Oh, I'm sorry to cut you off. No, I was no, no. Say, a lot of people think uh, Giannis should play the five this year too. So yeah, yeah, I agree actually. Yeah, 
Him, him or Lopez, but I mean, I, I think, yeah, I think, I think you could argue he's a five because he doesn't shoot it great. He shoots like what thirty percent, something like that. In three, six. I got the Blazers. I think losing Nurkic for as long as they did last year hurt him a lot. Cover, getting Covington back, even Cantor, as much as you know, Celtics fans give him crap for it. He's good at. He's really good at offense rebounds. If, if you're, if you're, if Willard and McCollum are struggling at offense, and you keep throwing, if you throw, keep throwing a bunch of bricks, he'll pick him up and. Either get fouled or you know, pick him up and put him back in. So I think, I think that's always a good skill set to have on the bench coming in for like 15, 20 odd minutes a game. I think they had one of the better off seasons. They, they got Covington as well. I think Afrony Simmons, I think that's his name. He's, he, he, was a, he came straight out of high school. I think he can be good potentially. So I, I like that team. Seven, I got the Warriors. And I think they would have been the number one seed, in my opinion, if he was, if uh, Clay was healthy, because I think. With LeBron low managing a little bit, I think they could have had a better record. I think Steph puts up thirty to thirty-two points a game easily. My issue that was um, Draymond. I, I agree with you guys. Draymond will be an issue just because he's getting older. It's it's a very physical lifestyle, playing like a big man enforcer type. And then I think actually Wiggins will be good because I think like for example like whenever before they got Durant, they made Harrison they made Harrison Barnes look good I and mean, he's a solid player. But I mean he actually looked. Pretty dang good at times, so I think Wiggins. I, I think I think Kerr will find a way to get some good out of Wiggins. So I yeah, think the thing, the thing about Harrison Barnes too is uh, when, like you said, the Warriors made him look a lot better than he was, and then when he ended up getting traded to the Mavericks, he was in a spot to succeed as well because the Mavs were rebuilding at that time. Yeah. You know, I, they at that point Dirk really had nobody around him. And everybody, we like that's when Mark Cuban like let all the assets go. So there was a point where we really just kind of rebuild it, and, and that's when we were having problems with like Chandler Parsons' contract and everything. Mm-hmm. And then Nerlens Noel was we offered him a lot of money too. So at that point, when we were rebuilding. Harrison Barnes came in, and he was our best player. So he was obviously yeah. going to put up like twenty to twenty five points a game for us, and we were we were terrible. But I agree with you. He goes to the Kings, and you know he wants a lot of money, but he's really not that good. The Warriors yeah. made him good, so you could see. I mean, Wiggins is a guy with you. You look at the potential of Wiggins, and and it seems like every single year they're like, okay, this year we're going to see Wiggins go off. We're going to see Wiggins go off, and then he never does. So yeah. if he doesn't do it this year, he's never going to do it. Mm-mm. This is the chance. I mean, Wiggins has dropped uh, dropped a couple forty pieces. So I mean, he has he 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 can he can play well. I mean, I think the biggest thing is he's inefficient. He's 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 inefficient. He's lazy on defense. I think if you gave him Clay as well, Clay and Steph, I think then he'd be the clear third option, maybe even fourth if you want to say Wiseman. I don't know. I don't know well, how Wiggins, you feel. Wiggins would be the MVP if he played the Thunder every game. He always has like forty-five on us. Yeah, I feel that way. Like there's some guys on the Celtics, like uh, against the Celtics, Chris Middleton. Oh my God, he does not miss. Like I remember, I it was it was the year that I, I think we uh, they they took us a seven in the first round. I think it was Terry Rozier made a three pointer with like point three to go, and then they yeah. called timeout, and then Chris made one buries it, but like he just barely touches his hand, just shoots it right up, and I'm like, oh my goodness, you have to be kidding me! It's it's insane. And like over, I remember like against the Heat, he was not playing well in the playoffs. I was like, come on, man! I was like, you couldn't do that a little bit little bit while ago. It was, you know, it's frustrating. Yeah, there's a lot of those guys. It's really frustrating considering how inefficient um, Andrew Wiggins can be, mm-hmm. and how how like I try to be risk averse and keep away from saying bad on defense, but it just looks like he doesn't even cross half court sometimes. Yeah. Mentally, he just doesn't play defense. But against the Thunder, he's all he's Michael Jordan. 
<laughs> All right, so you have the uh, Warriors, you said at six or seventh, right? Seven, yeah. Okay. I think they would have been the one seed if they had Clay. I, right. I really think, I mean, I think the Lakers might have rested some of the guys. I still think the Lakers would have gotten out, but I think the, I think they would have won the regular season title. Fair enough. And then ride the Rockets at eight. I think the my thinking with the Rockets was either Harden's going to kind of like sort of BS it, kind of half be in, half be out, and they're not going to do great, and they'll be like the eighth seed. Plus, it's also a bloodbath. Or they trade him, and they get a, a Levert, who will probably start. They get a Dinwiddie off the bench. They'll get maybe maybe Prince or maybe uh, maybe Al, Jared Allen. Or they'll get like a Tyler Hero, maybe even a Robinson from the Heat. Or I don't know if, about anyone from the Raptors. I don't know. And then you can get maybe Brown, maybe Smart. And I, I hope they don't do this, by the way. Brown, Smart, and a couple picks. Or so 76. The they get seven, uh, seven. Simmons. Yeah, that's what I was missing. Simmons. Some maybe some other pieces, and that's why that's why I had the heat. That's another reason why I had the heat three. I think there's a there's a high chance that if it, if he goes to the heat, that he could be he could even be above the uh, he he could be above the Bucks at two. So I think that that is room to kind of switch around. I think those, are my, the, those I are my think, eight. I yeah. think the world explodes before the Celtics get rid of Marcus Smart. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I would I be think very he's mad. The soul of that team. Celtics fans love him, but, they, but this I've seen something called the Marcus Smart experience. Is like where one play he'll like you know dive on the floor, jump on the ball and stuff, but then the next play he'll grab the ball, pull up from thirty like with like two people in his face, and he's like just like no 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 no, and then it'll somehow go in. And then yeah. he'll get he'll get like fake confidence, and then pull pull from three with, like two two possessions later with like twenty seconds left on the clock. Yeah, that dude like, can oh my hustle, gosh. bro. That dude yeah. hustles. I don't know if I don't know if y'all watch the Ringer with Bill Simmons, but I do all the time. And I went and rewatched. I, I went and rewatched. I think it was game three against Philly. And I think it's shake Milton comes off of a pick and roll and tries to hit the corner man. And Marcus smart is looking him off, but in order to bait him into the pass and he dies like a defensive back throws Safety. it all the way down the court assist layup right and then oh the, i remember that play i remember that play the, the next offensive possession down marcus smart pick and roll turnover yeah he shot 21 shots in the in game six when, against the heat which is inexcusable it should be tatum getting about that many shots brown walker like smart can probably shoot in my opinion no more than like 15 shots a game at that point i'm like okay it, enough is enough i think one big thing is he set the Celtics record for a franchise record for three pointers in a game. Then he's he, he always is like he, he has a he has a high trigger, like against the Nets and we got absolutely destroyed with the Nets in the in the preseason game. He like he he was like at the like halfway through the first quarter was like one of five from three. I'm like of course he is. He he made he made one and then he came up and missed four or five straight after that. I was like oh my gosh, that's very just frustrating. How, that's how he is though. Yeah. It's like you live with it. Uh, there's a college basketball player. I can't remember his name, but if he makes, if he sees the ball going one time, doesn't matter where it's from, layup, free throw, midi three, the next possession down is a hezzy three from 45 feet every time. He hits one jumper and he's he hezzy from, it's crazy. from 40. <laughs> it's like, dude, you can't settle in a little bit. Yeah. If you want to have a heat check, yeah, it's cool, but like not if you make one shot. I feel, I feel you. Yeah. Okay, so you have the uh, you said okay, you have the Rockets at eight. Yeah, actually, I, and and then 
I was actually surprised the guys were high on the Jazz. I, I had the Jazz at nine. I thought a lot of teams around got better. Like, like I know that I thought the Blazers got a lot better. I thought the Suns got a lot better. I think Conley takes a step back. I think Bogey helps, but I think there's going to be too much on uh, Donovan Mitchell. I think Mitchell is going to put up like 25 a game like he usually does, but I think they'll be in a play-in situation. I have the Pelicans at 10. I think my only issue, I have two issues with them. My first issue is injuries, of course, but I think if he's healthy, Zion's going to be 25 and like 10. If he plays, he plays a full season or most of the season. And then Ingram will be about 25, 24 again. But then the other one is spacing because um, if you're going to start, I assume you're going to start uh, Adams alongside Zion. That there's, you know, neither of them can really shoot. I mean, Zion can, but I don't know. I don't think I, I, that, that's, that's my main issue. And then Ball, I don't know. And I still don't trust his shot. I think Reddick is a legitimate, true shooter. Then, of course, you know, you have, uh, you have Ingram who can shoot. They might have some pieces on the bench, but I don't know. I, I think a lot of their main guys that are going to play a lot of minutes. There's some that just can't shoot, so I don't. I, I don't trust that. And then the Grizzlies, I think they don't have like they they have John ja Moran, they have Jaron Jackson Jr., they have Dylan Brooks that are all good, but I don't think they have enough like top pieces to compete with a fully healthy, assuming they're healthy, Pelicans team. So I, I have I have the Grizzlies at eleven. I have the Spurs at 12, uh, T-Wolves at 13. They can push the Grizzlies maybe, but I think they're at least a year or two away from making a playoff push. And then I have the Kings and I have the Thunder last. We don't I, have any Thunder love in here? Thunder not the so, one seed? No. Nobody? I was telling this to Eric. I, I put like I, I had my first four and actually my first five teams down. And then I had my like I had the last four. So then six through eleven, I I I kept changing stuff, and I like I, I had no idea who to put where at first. It took it took so long. I feel like the the East is so much more easier to predict in terms of at least who you know is going to make the playoffs. Like obviously, yeah. you're you're there's going to be seating issues. Like a lot of people have the Nets at one, a lot of people have the Nets at like six. You know, like it all depends how people feel about Kyrie and KD as a you know as teammates as chemistry you know chemistry issues and then their health overall. I mean, that's not the problem. They're still going to have them as a playoff team, obviously. But when you look at the West, a lot of people will probably have the Pelicans making it. A lot of people are going to be high on the Suns. A lot of people will probably still have the Rockets in there. It's just so competitive. Like, you can win 45 games in the West and not make the play-in. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, bro. It's just too competitive. I I think think the difference difference between the two conferences is in the in the West, there's a couple favorites, and then there's there's a bloodbath. The East, there's six or seven people you know. But the thing is, you don't know who's going to get out of the East, but you have a general feeling of who's going to get out of the West. The West is there's usually like it's like the Warriors or it's like the Spurs, the Lakers. There's like three or four teams that like it doesn't really change. It changes with eras, but like there's at least one or maybe two teams that you kind of know. Hey, that this, that team's going to get out. The East, I mean, it's like now that there's no LeBron, it's wide open. That's ever since LeBron's been yeah. Nets, you never know. And it's the, the lower end teams in the Western Conference could all be playoff teams in the Eastern Conference. Easily. Like, honestly, this isn't even me trying to have Thunder bias. I think the Thunder are better than the worst Eastern Conference team, like, by far. Like, it's not even relatively close. Yeah. yeah. Like, you got the freaking Thunder going up against the Knicks or, like, the uh, the Cavs or somebody like that. Like, they're going to beat them, you know? Right. Uh, oh, yeah. Speaking of, I forgot to tell you, Eric, I agree. I think Shea Goldstein Alexander would be the most improved player. I agree yeah, with that. He was he was my he was my other MIP pick, but he was runner up 
him or Bam was runner up last year. Oh, um, yeah. So yeah. that's why I didn't pick him because typically that's such a large. Who, who won it this um, past year? Was it Brandon Ingram? Bi, yeah. Brandon Ingram. Okay. I thought personally, I thought Shea should have won it, but that's my thunder yeah, bias. Shea, um, uh, he could. I mean, shoot, he he has a great chance of winning it this year too. He's my favorite basketball player right now. I mean, obviously there's LeBron. I love LeBron, but like to watch Shea, like he's so poised. And he's so sound offensively and defensively. He's, uh, yeah. he's so good. Yeah. Speaking of bias, I thought Tatum should have been top five in that most improved player last year. Because he went from like he went from like fifteen points a game on inefficient shooting to 20, 24 points, like eight rebounds, and he he, was, he put up a steal and a half and a block a game. I've, I obviously the NBA doesn't give us a vote for the <laughs> defensive teams. NBA Adam Silver hasn't reached out to me. Maybe that's an issue. Um, it's probably an issue because Trey Young got a second team all defensive vote at last year. Yeah. Tatum should have gotten a couple votes. Brown thought, should have gotten a couple I thought, votes. I thought Jason Tatum deserved to be on an all, all defensive team. He is yeah. terrific on defense. Also, while, while the bias is continuing, Smart legitimately guards centers and he'll, he oh, might, he, he might flop a little bit, but I mean, he draws fouls against the flopping 610 guys. But, I love Marcus. The flopping kills me, but it works. Like, yeah, there's minimal times where he's flopped and like the ref doesn't blow the whistle. In some way or another, I mean, it was pretty bad a couple years ago, like maybe three years ago. But now, and like that. Yeah, now he kind of now he kind of knows what he's doing, and it, he he him and Kemba too. Like they draw a lot of charges. Mm-hmm. One thing I do want to say uh, before we get out of here uh, is. The thing, like, and this is going back to, to, you know, the players we've been talking about that are like really taking the big step. But I think what's so special about Luca is because when you look at people that like start off their NBA careers, and, you know, sometimes you think like, okay, like they're just having a great start. They're not going to hold this their whole career. And, that's normally with somebody who just has a lot of athleticism. That's, that's what's so great about Luca. Like Luca is playing great, not with purely off for of the athleticism. And that just tells you that he's not even close to hitting his peak. I've been watching a lot of his like film. That's just something I like to do is like break down film. And it's like, he's not even using effective moves. It's just, he's not, he's not athletic. And all these guys are thinking he's going to be in some other place. And, Lucas sees that and he's like, "Oh well, thanks for opening up another lane," and that's just a bucket for him. Yeah, like, or he'll he'll dish it out to somebody in the corner, and it's like, "Oh my gosh!" Like Mavs had the best offense of all time last season, statistically. Yeah, no, dude, they were insane. He makes, it was he makes everybody. He makes everybody a way better shooter. Like it's crazy. Yeah, I think there's only two things he needs to work on. I think it's being a more efficient three point shooter. Because I think he only shot like thirty, like two or thirty one percent from three. Then if he's just if he becomes a league average defender, I'm really hoping that like stadiums will open at, at least like capacity, like at least twenty five percent. Because him Most playing in person, him playing in person, has just got to be jaw dropping. Playing the Lakers on Christmas, uh, yeah, just exactly. for that. Yeah, that'll be fun. The NBA PA knows what they're doing with that matchup, the LeBron Luca thing, but uh, passing of the torch. But like you said, Sid, the if he was just a league average defender and let's say he shot 37% from three, that's not overtly impressive, but that's great. Right. That's very, else he does. It's very achievable. And he would, he could average 35 a game like that. 
Like, it'd be easy because he gets to the line. He's good in the pick and roll. He's a, he's obviously well-versed in being able to finish amongst contact. Create space. Like, he's 21. Yeah. This dude hey, is literally five months older than me, and he's schooling NBA players. Yeah, Eric, how old are you? How old are you? I'm 21, but he's like five months older than me. Exactly. I'm older than Zion. That kind of pisses me off. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, like we said, like Luke is 21 years old. Like, a lot of people are afraid that he's hit his peak as a player. Yeah. I don't even think so. I don't even think it's remotely close. Because no. you could see it on a game-by-game basis. Like, he gets better at certain stuff game-by-game. And obviously, there's going to be a peak sometime. Like, I would say probably the best LeBron – is like that 2018 season where LeBron willed that team to the finals. No Kyrie, no like an injured Caleb. Like I would say that's probably the, I'd probably that I'd say that's probably the best version of LeBron. But what LeBron does is when he dips in other skills, he gets great at other things. Everybody was always talking about how LeBron dipped in defense, right? Yeah. But the, LeBron's doing so much more offensively now. And I think that's that's just the road Luca's on. Is obviously he's going to reach that peak. Nobody is just going to keep continuously getting better at everything. But I think that Luca has room to do LeBron type stuff because Luca's yeah. the twenty year old, twenty one year old basketball player I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, LeBron included. Yeah, and uh, the thing the thing with Luca is like you were saying, if he can shoot at least thirty seven percent, I think if he shoots at least thirty eight percent, he's going to win the MVP. Oh yeah. There, there's the only the only thing I think the only thing I can really talk bad about him is his free throw shooting is kind of inconsistent and and you would yeah. think like why because he's such a great shooter but his you know his free throws you like <laughs> he'll get fouled and sometimes he'll miss some you're like Luca but I mean you know it's just some simple things that you know he's gonna get better at and what what's really uh, exciting about Luca is uh, there was something that Kenny the Jet Smith said on NBA TNT during the 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 playoff series when they played the Clippers and it was after that they, I think they won. Yeah. It's when they tied it up one-to-one and Mm -hmm. uh, Luke had a great game. And I remember uh, I really liked what Kenny, the Jet Smith said here. He said that this is not the Luka Doncic from this past season. This is the Luka Doncic from the next season, like that time off from, from last year and from the season that they had the off to get to the bubble. Like he, he turned into a completely different, he got better. Like with that time off, Barely not, better. yeah, we're not seeing that year's Mavericks. We're seeing the next year's and what they're going to do in the coming years. So that's why I'm really excited. And and we even saw towards the end of the year last year, how good uh, Luca and, and uh, KP were playing together because KP came on later on in the season. And like that one game that they had in March, it was literally the last game before the NBA season got shut down. Cause that was the, that was the day that Mark Cuban found out and Rudy Gobert got the COVID and that's when everyone like, that's the last game that everyone got to see. And it was the Nuggets and the Mavs and Luca and KP just played outstanding together. It's like, Oh my gosh, like hopefully we see this in the playoffs, but then the season got shut down and everything. But yeah. Yeah. And like, it's just like what you said, what Kenny said, it's we're seeing the Luca Doncic in, uh, of, of next season. I think we're getting <laughs> a new Luca Doncic this season. Yeah. Cause what he would look, one thing, out, even outside of the Clippers' chemistry issues, they had defenders on defenders. They had dudes to throw at everybody. And Luka was averaging like a 35-point triple-double like it was nothing. He would go out there and, and, and 
make the the Clippers look like they never played defense before. And I'm not talking like just on Jamichael Green. Like he's doing this to Kawhi and Paul George and Patrick Beverly, who isn't a great defender in my opinion. Uh, Agreed. While while Marcus Morris messed with them too. Yeah, Marcus Morris. Marcus Morris. He cooked them on a rolled ankle. Let's think about that for a second. I'm sure both of y'all saw the ankle roll that Luca had. Was not pretty. Yeah. He came out the next game. 35 point triple double game winner. I remember the the, the uh, toolbox just went crazy whenever. Uh, oh yeah. Remember that when whenever uh, whenever Luca made that, that was our group our group chat went crazy. Everyone was like, Yeah, I was watching that game because I was worried because uh, KP was out that game and mm-hmm. uh, everybody was like, Oh, Luca's banged up, like they're gonna kill us, and he just. I thought so. I'm fully game. I'm fully on the train that if KP stayed in that 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 series, that the Mavs would have won that series. Oh, 100%. 100%. KP got screwed out of the first game with those two terrible techs. Right? Oh, the yeah, Mavs I were up like I think the Mavs were up like 17 at that time. Yeah. He, the, he got the like the softest kickout, one of the softest kickouts I've ever seen. Second game, Mavs win. Third game, Clippers win. Luka gets hurt halfway through. Game 4, game winner. Game winner. Game 5, Clippers win. KP's gone. Then game six, obviously the Clippers win, but it would have been it would have been a game seven down yeah. to the wire kind of thing for me. Well, you just look at game one too. A lot there was a lot of uh, there were, the, a lot of people think that the the refs bailed out the Clippers in game one because they were up super big. It was like like it was a the Mavs had a terrible start. I'm pretty sure the Clippers were up like I'm pretty sure they were up twenty five to four like in the first quarter. And yeah. it was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be a blowout. And then yeah. literally all of a sudden the Mavs came back, fought, and even took the lead at one point. And yeah. and, and then uh, KP ended up fouling. <laughs> That's what it was. KP fouled out. KP fouled out late in the game, and we ended up losing. And mm-hmm. I really do think if he didn't foul out – and it was a it was a questionable foul too. So if he wouldn't have fouled out, they could have won game one, and that would have completely changed the whole series, you know? Yeah, because I was just wa- – I would com- watch these games with 100% attention. It's like – the Clippers had nothing for Luca, nothing. Yeah. Like they, they were confused. Yeah, they couldn't it, stop him. And it, it wasn't just a, any ordinary defense. It was the like the Clippers have a good defense, you know. And these are like fresh leg defenders every time down the court. Like it's a little bit different guarding Maxi Kleber versus guarding Luca. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. like, they would rotate, and he's doing this to Kawhi, Paul George, who I'm off on. Aside from all the BS that he brings, it's still a great – defense doesn't go away. He's still a really talented defender. Longer than Luka, probably a little bit taller than Luka. More athletic. More athletic easily. Luka and I have the same amount of athleticism. There's a lot of players that have a lot more athleticism than Luka, but that – Maybe even you and you and Sid. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there was just nothing they could do. And speaking of Paul George – this he's the reason I have the Clipper solo. I don't, I can't, I can't do it with him anymore. I was a big fan, but I can't, I hate when dudes or professional athletes don't own up to stuff that kills me. Cause it's like, there's no one else playing, but you, man, I, I a hundred percent understood the depression stuff. I get that. I got it with DeMar DeRozan. I got it with Kevin Love, obviously got it with Paul George, but you can't go from like every single year with OKC. The first time it was, uh, I'm not Superman. The second series or the second year, it's my shoulder hurts. 
Next year, Dame shot a bad shot. Next year, I'm depressed and Doc didn't put me in the right spots. And so, well, dude, at some point in time, you have to own up to bad play. Like, you can't be like, I played bad, but Doc put me in the bad spots. Yeah. Doc didn't make you shoot a ball butt naked in the corner three and it go off the side of the backboard. Doc wasn't out there smoking wide open layups for you. That's you. You can't, you can't call yourself playoff P and then disappear like that. He's the nicknames are so funny, by the way. Like the pandemic P, PG, PG 13%. And, and, player, and players have called him out for him, for him too. Like, you know, Dame, yeah. Dame was right about everything. He does not he play about that. That's that fake dog. Dame will call that out. The COVID-13, pandemic penis, uh, way off P. Like, he had so many clown names that he was being called, all deservingly so. Because these, like I said, you can't play like that. Way off P. Way off P. That's probably my favorite one, or COVID-13. Okay, I don't know if this is – okay, breaking news here. I don't know if this is fake or not, but somebody just sent me a tweet. It says – the Rockets are in advanced discussion to send James Harden to the Denver Nuggets for Jamal Murray, a plethora of future picks, a young center, bull, bull. If the re- if the agreement is reached on the amount of picks, the deal is expected to go through per source. Dude, this has to be a joke, right? Okay, show the tweet. Okay, realize I was confused. Bull and Michael Porter Jr. can't be traded due to the contact- contract, so that would not even be possible. Meant to okay. say Michael Porter Jr. Okay. Who's the tweet from? That's the question. That's yeah. That's what I'm trying to figure out. I mean, that would that be okay. This, be this, really dude is, this dude isn't even verified, so I'm not even. Okay. I'm not. I don't can't trust. Hold, can't hold weight until Woj tweets it. Yeah, yeah. or Shams. Or Shams. Yeah. That scared me though. That's that. I, don't even, I wouldn't even understand why the Nuggets would do that. Yeah, that yeah it's worth it to me. We'll keep, you we'll, we'll keep you guys updated on James Harden talk later this week. But I, I do have to ask one more thing before I let you guys go. So I'll ask you first, Casey. What mm-hmm. is the over/under when the Mavs finally win a championship? I would say five. Under five in the next five uh, years. I would say that five is the five is probably the man. That's tough because the West is so good, but the yeah. West is also getting older. Like you, we got to remember, LeBron's up there. AD's getting up there. Kawhi and Paul are not getting younger. Dame is 30. Steph is 30. It would not surprise me if they won a championship within the next three years, but didn't win a championship until like, let's say 2026 or something of that nature. So I'd say minimum three, maximum six. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say three to five for sure. Sid. I think, how many years does LeBron have before his extension kicks in? Is it one more year? He, I think he signed a two-year $40 yeah. million. Because he has this year and then two more, right? Yeah. That's when. I think three years and then. Yeah, the conspiracy on LeBron's extension is he signed two Bronny. years more to, yeah, with Bronny. So he'd be a free agent when Bronny, hopefully, gets drafted and then he could play with his son. That's I do think I think they'll make a conference finals before that. I think they'll make a conference finals. Yeah. If not this year, I think they'll make it next year. You I, have a, the, I have them making it this year. Yeah, they can make it this year for sure. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. All right. It'll be interesting. 
Well, as much as I would love to sit here and talk to you guys about this for hours and hours, I do have to get going. I appreciate you guys joining me. Y'all guys, y'all guys make sure to check out uh, Redeem Team Podcast. Is that what it's called, Casey? Absolutely. We'll okay, I'll, I will yeah. put that in the description. We'll appreciate you guys joining us tonight. You guys got anything else to add? Just go uh, check out Redeem Team Podcast. It's a little bit more explicit on that side of the fence. Yeah, if you guys are looking for something more, uh, I guess, Val or whatever. Yeah. Comedically you- in tune. Yeah, then you can check out Redeem Team. All right, appreciate you guys. We'll catch y'all later. Have a good one. All right.